the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Very much for joining us at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get underway on this very first morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2018. Has Christmas officially started? I think it has. If you look at the stores and if you listen to the stations playing Christmas music, it started today, literally, uh, after yesterday's Halloween celebration. So thank you uh, for joining us uh, as we enter the festive season, all two months of it. And I guess there are worse things that could happen. Coming up on the program this morning, we have a lot of people. Uh, going to be joining us. I've got three very, very good guests, including a couple of new voices. The first one is going to be a familiar voice. Congressman Jim Jordan will join us, representing Ohio's 4th Congressional District. Uh, we will talk about a number of things, including illegal immigration, caravans, birthright citizenship, and yes, civility in politics and its role or its lack of a role. And there is a dispute on this, uh, on uh, acts of violence that have been carried out, including uh, the would-be, could-be, maybe, not sure if they were really pipe bombs uh, sender, as well as, obviously, the horrific synagogue shooter in Pittsburgh. So we'll talk to uh, Congressman Jordan about those things and more. Then at uh, 10.05, a treat for you. At the top of the second hour, Sheriff David Clark, former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark, often referred to as America's sheriff, is going to be joining us to talk about the midterm elections and how important it is to keep the Republican Party and the conservative movement growing because of all of the fantastic things that have been done in the first two years, roughly, of the Trump presidency. To slam the brakes on that and undo all of the economic growth All of the uh, spectacular results that we have been seeing would simply be insane, and Sheriff Clark has thoughts about that. He'll come on at about 10.05, 10.10 this morning. At 10.35, we're going to dive into one of the uh, Ohio races uh, as Keith Faber uh, joins us, current uh, Ohio State Representative, former State Senator, of course, and now he is a candidate for State Auditor, uh, the job held by Dave Yost, who, of course, is trying to move up to Attorney General. So uh, we've got Jordan, and we've got Clark, and we've got Faber. Uh, coming up this morning. I want to start, however, this morning with Lemon, as in Don Lemon. I neglected to discuss this yesterday, even though this happened two nights ago on Tuesday night. I neglected to talk about Don Lemon on CNN. Uttering one of the most reprehensible remarks uh, that I that I really think I've heard Maybe ever, I don't know, by a, by a, a, a journalist, a cable news host slash, uh, anchor slash journalist. It, it, it really is beyond reprehensible. Uh, Don Lemon in talking with Chris Cuomo on CNN in front of, uh, all 12 of their viewers essentially declared that we should not be demonizing people based on their race or based on their classification or something of that nature. We shouldn't demonize people, but we should recognize that white males are the true great, the, the greatest threats in the United States. That that's that's a thing. He said this. I tweeted yesterday, or I retweeted Greg Jarrett yesterday from Fox News because this is what he had to say. CNN's Don Lemon has now removed all doubt 
that he is a racist, hypocrite, and idiot all rolled up into one. Quite the accomplishment. And I retweeted that with the message that this should be everyone's pinned tweet because no one should forget about who Don Lemon is and what Don Lemon is and what he represents and what fake news CNN represents. I'm going to play the clip here for you in a second so you can see what we're talking about. And we're going to talk about identity politics leftist style. We're going to talk about blame game leftist style. We're going to talk about CNN's utter refusal to demand any journalistic integrity whatsoever. As long as their employees and their on-air talent are criticizing, insulting, attacking, and trying to destroy Donald Trump. That's what this is, because as you can imagine, hosts of people, and I mean scores of people, demanded an answer from CNN. Tucker Carlson last night, who, by the way, had Peter Kersenow on, we're going to hear some of that, uh, uh, contacted uh, CNN to get a statement saying, are you okay with what your anchor just went on air and said about white males, that they are the greatest terror threat in the United States? Are you okay with this? CNN has no comment which is, in fact, a comment. It is, in fact, a, a statement of support. We are not going to criticize him. We are not going to condemn him. We are not going to disavow his remarks. We're not going to uh, punish him, which means we support him. And I'm going to tie Don Lemon in to this ongoing controversy about whether or not it's right or fair for Donald Trump to refer to the fake news media like CNN as an enemy of the people. The president continues to be attacked for saying that the fake news media is the enemy of the people. You just heard Hugh Hewitt, uh, of course, who I love and respect, on with Max Boot, a former conservative for whom I have no love or respect, but the two of them agreeing that the president shouldn't say the media is the enemy of the people. Of course, he doesn't say the media is the enemy of the people. That's a very general term. The media is not the enemy of the people. The fake news media, however, that which practices and traffics in misleading information, false statements, unmitigated uh, lies and distortions about things that the president or the president's supporters say or have said, those people are an enemy of the people. Why? How do you know that? Very simple. Look at what the people are doing to one another, in large part because of the distortions, lies, mistruths, and misinformation advanced by the enemy of the people. When CNN conducts its business the way that it does, Joining, of course, some of the other ones that I've mentioned, demonizing Trump supporters, demonizing Trump himself, calling him a racist, calling him a Nazi, calling him a fascist. They are stoking the fires of violence in cities all over America. And then they play the innocent, big doe-eyed halo over their head victim saying, oh my gosh, look at all of these things that are happening. It's because Donald Trump said something. Not because we have encouraged everyone who supports our side of things, our political ideology, have encouraged others to hate Trump and Trump supporters. Chris Cuomo goes on that network and tells them it's okay to punch people 
that you don't agree with. All punches are not equal, remember. If you're punching somebody that you suspect is a fascist, that's okay. Do you remember that? Chris Cuomo gave the green light to Antifa to attack people that they view as Trump supporters or fascists. And then when there is violence in the streets, shootings are carried out, they are going to play the innocent, whoa, oh my gosh, this is all because of Trump card. This cannot be allowed. Nor can what Don Lemon said Tuesday night. So we have to stop demonizing people and realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. And we have to start doing something about them. There is no travel ban on them. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. So what do we do about that? That was, that was live television. Again, fortunately, it only reaches about 12 people an hour because it's CNN. But nonetheless, it is repeated and it is replayed and it is shared on social media. So it does have a, raw, a broader reach. And CNN was okay with that. Let's count the falsehoods in that 22-second soundbite from Don Lemon. So we have to stop demonizing people. And- One, we have to stop demonizing people, he said, right before he demonizes white men. Just think about that for a moment. And realize the biggest terror threat in this country is white men. Two, the idea that he is going to make this about race when Republicans have not made anything about the terror threat about race. We have made it about religion. We have made it about radical Islam, which is unique and by itself alone the only religion in the world that literally contains the ability for members of the faith to declare jihad, which is death and, 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 and destruction of that which is not Muslim, all in the name of their leader, all in the name of the prophet, all in the name of Allah. Sharia law, which, which allows for and, in fact, requires torture of women by things like FGM, which I won't get too de- in-depth on right now, and uh, uh, imprisoning and killing of people for being homosexual, all things of this nature. Yes, we have talked about religion and the fact that those who use Islam in that way and take Islam at its, at its most fundamentally core beliefs of those types of practices, they are very dangerous, yes. That doesn't mean all Muslims. And it is not a race. Don Lemon just attacked white people by race, saying they, white males in particular, are the biggest threat in this country? Do we, I mean, if we're going to play the race game, which we should not because we don't practice identity politics on the right, but if he really is going to go by sheer numbers, dare we point out the fact that it's African Americans, African American males in particular, which comprise roughly 7% of the population, which, which uh, uh, commit almost 50% of the homicides in the country? Do you really want to play the race game here as to who the bigger threat is when it comes to violence? Why? 
because they stoked the policy of division. They, they stoked the fires of division, rather. They want to advance the policies of hatred and division. And that is exactly what he was doing here. White people, black people, Latino people, Asian people, we are all American, and we are all equal, and we are all victimized by this sort of divisive rhetoric being practiced by Don Lemon here. Don Le- and by the way, the, 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 the image of Chris Cuomo sitting there just you know mute as a white male, as Don Lemon proclaims white males to be the biggest threat in this country, is just priceless. He's stuck. What do I do? Do I argue with him? Hey, hey, wait a minute. I'm a white male, and I know a lot of white males, and we're not threats to anybody. No, he has to sit there and go along with it because we are CNN, and our ideology comes first. And we will indeed practice identity politics, and we will demonize who we need to demonize in order to advance our cause. So Don Lemon playing the race card, in addition to playing the uh, the conservative uh, evil card and the liberal progressive victimhood card, is pretty much touching on you know all corners. More. Most of them radicalized right up to the right, and we have to start doing something about them. There is no. Tra- we have to start doing something about white males. What? What does that mean, Don? What do we have to do about white males? What do you want to see done? Do you want to see their freedoms taken away? Do you want to see their Second Amendment rights violated, repealed, perhaps? What do you, what do you, what do you mean? We have to do something about them. Travel ban on them. Wait, 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 what? There is no travel ban on them. Why would there be a travel ban on them? Why would there be a travel ban on white males? Would there ever be a travel ban on black males? No, not in our free country. Would there be a travel ban on any other race of people? No, and there never has been. There is no ban on, you know, they had the Muslim ban. There is no white guy ban. There was also never a Muslim ban. What are we up to, five or six falsehoods in 20 seconds of Don Lemon talking? There was never a Muslim ban. There was never a Muslim ban. There was a travel restriction from seven countries because those countries were terror-sponsoring countries whose governments were absolutely in disarray and we could not properly vet people who wanted to come to this country from those nations. That is not a Muslim ban, nor... Is it anything that would 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 require something to be uh, responded to with a white guy ban? The man and his network are the enemy of the people. I hope I am speaking clearly enough. I, much like our president, am not declaring the media writ large to be the enemy of the people. But liars and identity politics playing, progressive, liberal dividers like CNN, personified by the likes of Don Lemon, are the enemy of the people. Because they turn the people against one another. 
Don Lemon should no longer be allowed to be on television. Don Lemon should be fired from CNN post-haste for this unbelievably inaccurate, lying attack on people of one race in this country. If anyone on Fox News had gone on television, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and declared the biggest threat in this country is black males without any context, without any proof, saying we need to do something about them. We need to institute perhaps a black male ban or a black male travel ban. The way he just did about white males, that person would be fired two seconds before the words finished coming out of their mouths. And the nation would be ablaze right now. But we accept this from CNN. Why? Because CNN accepts it from the likes of Don Lemon. I'm not done, but I do realize we need a break. 923 of the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. So meanwhile, while we have the likes of Don Lemon, progressive liar, on national television calling for something to be done about white men, something should be done. We have to do something about them. They're the greatest threat. We have the Democrats' most recent candidate for president of the United States, Hillary Clinton, doing an interview also this week, making a statement that absolutely cannot be construed any other way than being blatantly racist and laughing her fool head off about it as her supporters and liberals chuckle along with her, defending her, saying she was just joking and teasing and having a good time. You heard this, did you not? What do you think of Cory Booker's, and you didn't comment on him, and you're, feel free? Oh, I, I adore yeah, him. What do you think about him saying, kick them in the shins, essentially, start to get to that kind of political... Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. Oh, Eric Holder, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. No, they don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <Whoa! laughs> she just said black guys all look alike. <laughs> She's such a card. Oh, it's hilarious, isn't she? Again... Yes, it is what Hewitt likes to call whataboutism. But let's do whataboutism. What if, what if a conservative commentator, a conservative candidate, a conservative past candidate went on live television and made the exact same statement in the exact same context? It is over, not only for that person, and by the way, rightfully so. Because it's a horrifically racist thing to say. It's a horrifically racist thing to say. And if anybody said it, not only should their career be over, but you know what would happen if it was a conservative. All of conservatism would have been condemned along with the remark. See, this is how they think on the right. This is inspired by Donald Trump. Only Donald Trump could inspire that kind of racist thought in a conservative mind. To say that, well, Booker, Holder, what's the difference? They all look alike. The whole conservative ideology would be attacked for such a statement.
But when Hillary says it. What do you think of Cory Booker's and you didn't comment on him and you're feel free? Oh, I, I adore yeah, him. What do you think about him saying kicked him in the shins, essentially, start to get to that kind of political? Well, that was Eric Holder. Yeah, Eric Holder. Oh, Eric Holder. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know they all look alike. No, they don't. <laughs> oh, well done. Oh, very well done. That's nice. That's a nice racism right there, Hillary, but it's okay. Because your husband was the first black president. That's America 2018. That cannot be, but that is reality. When I Googled that story yesterday in the morning after I first heard it from Tuesday, when I Googled it, the Google search results, which is another story for another time about the Silicon Valley censorship of conservatism and its protection of liberalism, the first five or six results all said Hillary jokes, Hillary quips, Hillary teases reporter about remark, Hillary jo- It was all just, <laughs> that's great. And not Hillary Clinton uses racist stereotype to declare black males look alike. And you wonder why the president calls the press the enemy of the people. Because the liberal press, the fake news press that provides cover for liberals and demonizes him at every turn, they are the enemy, enemy of the people. Jim Jordan coming up next on AM 1420 The Ad. Forster and the Ad Council. Nine thirty six. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. That's an appropriate song right now. It's a showdown. There's going to be a showdown, indeed. And in fact, I can't even say there's going to be a showdown. Uh, on Tuesday, November 6th, but uh, the showdown is already underway. Did you hear the president last night in Florida asking all of the uh, gathered crowd if they had voted yet? And virtually everyone cheered, and he said, then what the hell am I doing here? I don't need to talk to you guys. You already voted. Uh, but that is symptomatic. I mean, truly, I think that's what's going on. People are voting, and they are getting there early. They are fired up, and hopefully uh, the Republicans will uh, exceed, uh, you know, at the very least match, but exceed the Democrats' enthusiasm for getting to the polls as well. Uh, now and on November 6th. Joining us now is uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District representa- Representative. Congressman, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine, Bob. How are you doing? I'm great. Are you uh, Are you encouraged by what I just mentioned, uh, that the yeah. turnouts oh, yeah. and the or the returns in the early um, uh, you know voting in, in so many states across the country, Republicans are far outpacing Democrats? Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're coming out. You can feel it. I've been out and about across our district. I've been around the country, and you can, you can sense that it's that it's definitely picked up, um, and I think it's all positive for uh, because I mean I think I think voters understand that the Democrats want to stop the, the amazing things that have happened under the leadership of the president in the last 21 months. You know I, we've we've done this list before, but regulations down, taxes down, economy growing at an unprecedented rate, lowest unemployment in 40 years, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the court, out of the Iran deal, embassy in Jerusalem, a new NAFTA agreement, hostages home from North Korea, you, and you can go on and on. Um, so I think a lot of Americans say, wait a minute, contrast that with where the left wants to take this country. And they're saying, I'm going to go vote and make sure we continue on the path we're on and get those things done that we haven't got done yet. Um, because we know if Democrats take over, they'll never happen. So I, I'm, I'm a yeah. 
I am too. And by the way, we'll add one more to that just since we're talking about economic growth. Literally just found out this morning that wages have grown uh, 3.1%, the highest uh, uh, rate of growth for wages in a decade. And, you know, that's that's a big thing because I I, I was watching a little bit of uh, Fox this morning and they had a little uh, dueling uh, uh, debate situation there. And the former Obama uh, advisor was talking about how in the last 20 months of the Obama economy, uh, they uh, averaged about 211,000 jobs gained per month and in the first whatever many months of the Trump economy it's gaining 188,000 per month and obviously one is better than the other but congressman what they never talk about is what were those jobs those were low paid unskilled service Great jobs point. in so many cases not manufacturing jobs that people can raise a family on and that's the big difference between then and now no, great, great point. And, and as you know, Bob, our district, the 4th District, West Central, North Central, and then getting up in there into in Lorain County, Northeast Ohio, one of the top, of the 435, one of the top manufacturing districts in the country. I'm out and about talking with manufacturers. I was with, with some, uh, some yesterday in Lima, Ohio, and they are looking for people. And that, that's good for working class families, middle class families, because as wages go up, that's great for their families. So yeah, this is a, this is a real positive, and people know it instinctively. And that's why you're seeing the enthusiasm we just talked about. Uh, is is this where the focus should be for all members of, well, not just members of Congress like yourself, but also those who want to be in and challenging uh, uh, seats uh, held by, by Democrats right now? Do we need to and should they focus solely or, or predominantly on the economy and maybe steer away from some of the things like the caravan and the immigration issues and things like that that are a little more divisive and tend to have the quote-unquote fake news media, um, you know, calling Republicans uh, bigots and, and racists, they don't want people coming in who don't look like them that's the way this goes i mean i think it's all of that i mean because it's all about our great country the greatest nation ever and which direction do you want to go remember elections are about choices and the left wants to go the direction of uh, i said this i think the last time we're on uh they applaud kaepernick when he disrespects the flag they cheer on governor cuomo when he says america was never that great they embrace maxine waters when she says go harass anyone who supports the president. They want to raise your taxes that were just cut that helped lead to this economic growth. They want to continue to socialize medicine, have government take over. They want to abolish ICE and never build the border security wall, and they want to impeach the president. So that, that's truly, that's not Jim Jordan talking, that's what they've said. That's where they want to go. Contrast that with the economic record, the people who put and put on the court, conservative constitutionalists on the court, and what's happened in foreign policy. And I think Americans say, you know what? Look at those two directions with the, that the respective parties want to take the, the country. I think I'm going to go vote Republican, and I'm going to go vote early like we just like, – like the president was talking about last night in Florida. So that's the choice, and it's all the above. Yeah, well, it should be all of the above, I guess. I'm looking for strategies here, and I'm not a political strategist. I'm, just, I'm not even trying to play one on the radio, but I'm just thinking the economy. I just want people to look at their lives right now, look at their paychecks, look at look at their yep. job status, yep. look at the growth of their company, look at the look look down the block there, and you see they're building an entire new manufacturing division over there because we're growing <laughs> because of the deregulation and the lower corporate taxes. You know, I just want people to look around and say, man, things are one heck of a lot better right now after 20 months or whatever it is of Trump uh, than it was you know, for the last decade and, and, and probably far beyond that. And, and that's where, yeah, we, no. why do you want to upset that apple cart, right? Why derail that train? Exactly right. I will tell you, down here in the, in the, in the, in the western part of our fourth district, we have three companies that right now are looking for over a thousand, three good companies. Uh, Airstream, they're making those, those amazing campers that the headquartered in the fourth district. Crown Lift Trucks, uh, uh, Forklifts are headquartered in, in our district, and Pratt Industries, which is coming in as well. They're, they're, just those three companies are looking for approximately a thousand people wow. to new jobs, good jobs, paying real, paying real good wages that families can live on. 
That is the kind of thing that is happening in our economy now. So you're exactly right. We need to stress that and talk about when you actually let families keep more of their money, when you lower the tax burden on job creators, good things happen. When you reduce regulation so it's not all this cumbersome bureaucratic stuff, good things happen. And we're seeing that play out in just a year and a half, in just a year and a half under the leadership of the president. The president has correctly, I believe, uh, identified loopholes, switching to the immigration issue now. We have major problems, especially with our asylum uh, laws in this country. Um, do, do we, what can you, what can Congress do? Uh, I mean, two part question, I guess. You know, what do you want to see happen specifically when this caravan reaches, uh, our southern border? Uh, the president has uh, committed 5,000, and then earlier today I read or heard that it's going to be 15,000 troops to support yeah. Border Patrol down there. Uh, he says they're not coming in. Speak to that, Congressman. And then secondly, from a legislative standpoint, what loopholes need well, to be closed so these people don't even have it, uh, you know, you know, can't even have a thought that, hey, when we get there, they'll let us in. Yeah, if you don't enforce the rule of law and you let people come across, it's going to encourage more people to come here illegally. We sure. want to welcome people, but you got to come the right way and you got to come for the right reasons that are consistent with the rule of law. Right now, people get get to the border. They say the magic words in asylum. Uh, they get in the preliminary hearing because they say the magic words. They're, they're then let in the country. And then when they show up, though, for the real hearing, 80% of those aren't legitimate asylum seekers. So we, let's, let's, let's solve all that on the, on the front end. One hearing, one of the things we've done is had legislation that would say, in the House we've had legislation that said, put more judges on the border so we can get this done quickly and we can make a determination earlier, quicker, faster, and decide who actually is, is entitled to come here and who isn't. So that was in the bill that we had, we've talked about several times on your show, the good bill that unfortunately only got 193 votes. We were close. But we didn't get it passed. As far as the caravan goes, the president is exactly right. You cannot let the, these folks in. You just can't because it will encourage it will encourage more of this. That's exactly the mistake the Obama administration made, and we can't we can't have that happen in the future. The president said we're going to end the release part. We're just going to catch if they do come across, uh, whether it be through a port of entry or they try to cheat and you know come across the river or, or another part of the border that's un, unguarded. Which I don't know if there will be any if you have fifteen thousand down there along the border, fifteen thousand yeah. troops yeah. in addition to border patrol. But the president says we'll still do catch, but we won't do release. What does he mean? Because the law again, these are the loopholes. The law says you can only detain people if they uh, uh, claim political it's asylum for twenty days, and then they have to yeah. something has to happen. Yeah, well, hopefully that we're working with first the Mexican government to say, let's detain them on the Mexican side before before they get here, and let's figure some things out there. That 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 is step one. Step two is you have to put more judges down there so that you can you can figure this out, have the adjudication, have the hearing process go go quicker. And then the the, the third thing is we're going to need to change the law and give a longer time period uh, if if there's going to be these kind of floods coming there. So uh, this kind of flood of information or flood of people coming to the uh, right. coming to the border. We have to do all those all those things, and it's going to take some legislative action. And like I said, we've had good legislation, but unfortunately, none of the Democrats will vote for it because I think in some cases they want the political issue of this. And then, unfortunately, there, there are too many Republicans who wouldn't support the good legislation that was sponsored by the chairman of the Judiciary Committee that we voted on just uh, just a few months ago. We're, we're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, uh, I want to pivot to the uh, terrible situations we've seen in the last week and a half or so, uh, specifically a lunatic sending would-be, could-be, yeah. maybe pipe bombs that were not uh, uh, not actually uh, uh, operable uh, to a bunch of prominent Democrats. And then, of course, the horrific synagogue shooting. I haven't talked to you since those things took place. But yeah. I want to, you know, you can speak to those Evil. themselves, but 
they are evil, 100%. Um, but I want to talk about the blame game here because, this, you know, everybody's saying, well, it's because of the civil discourse and it's all Trump's fault. Uh, the bomber guy is a Trump supporter. He had uh, those stickers all over his van and, and all this other nonsense. But then they got the, the synagogue shooter, an anti-Semite who actually said he hates Trump, uh, did not vote for him, does not like him, does not support him, calls him a globalist, and yet Trump is blamed for him as well. Um, I I don't know where we go from here when you have, you know, both of those things happening at the same time, Congressman. Yeah, I mean, where where we go is you call evil evil. Uh, There is no place for this kind of just just evil, terrible stuff. Um, Anti-Semitic, racist, baloney, it just is just just as wrong and bad and ugly as it gets. And we should all condemn it. And the president has done that. Um, And let's let's, you know, look, I don't I tend not to get into the to the blame game, who's saying what and all, but um, well, let's just let's just call it what it is, and let's make sure they're held accountable. Uh, this guy in, in the in the Pittsburgh Center, I'm, I support the death penalty for people who do this kind of evil stuff. I think the president has said that as well, and that's that's what this individual deserves. Absolutely right, and 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 you know that's the message that I think. People on the right side of things, and when I say right, I mean correct side, uh, although sometimes yeah. those are interchangeable with the conservative side, but they're saying the same thing. The blame here lies yeah. with the, the, the pipe bomb mailer and with the shooter. The blame does not lie with people who are, who are, who, you know, engaging in political rhetoric. Um, yes, some, some language can be dangerous, and, and I think the most dangerous language, Congressman, quite frankly, has come from the left, as you have seen, you know, uh, congressional representatives and DNC leaders and former uh, elected officials all encouraging violent acts against people with whom they disagree. Go ahead. At at least they're, well, at at, at a minimum, they're encouraging the kind of behavior that is not, not that we really don't want in a political debate. I mean, the leader of their party, the leader of their party said, we'll be civil when we win. Now right. think about that is that is exactly the wrong message to send. Think about what we try to communicate to students and student athletes. We try to say, look, there's a way you conduct yourself in sports. You're supposed to shake hands before the competition, compete within the rules during the competition as hard as you can, and at the end, win or lose, you are civil, you are polite, you are you handle it in an appropriate fashion. That's what we teach kids. And yet, the leader of one of the major parties in this country, the one who ran for president, is saying we will only be nice at the end of the competition if we win. You got to be kidding me! That is that is exactly the wrong message that that she is saying. And exact the, the the worst thing that you can tell. I mean, I spend a lot of time coaching student athletes, and I know how you how you want them to conduct themselves. There's a right way to do it, and she's saying exactly the opposite thing. Tell me how that is helpful to the political debate that we are having in this country today. When the leader of their party says something like that. Well, it should also be pointed out, not only did Hillary Clinton, you know, you called her the leader of the party. She was their last uh, nominee for president. But the current leader of their party in your body, in the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, said the exact same thing on Stephen yep. Colbert literally last night. She literally yeah. said this, you know, that, that the, uh, the, the civility will come back when we win the House, and that's it, when we are in charge again. So, and I want people to understand this. This is the person who will take the gavel. If we if yep. we allow them to win back the house, this person who says until we win, we're going to be uncivil and we're going to promote incivility. Uh, and when we win, then maybe we'll calm things down a little bit. Is that who we want really running the house of the people's house? I can't understand that. And you, and you, and you know what's interesting, Bob? When when people like when, when you and I point that out, when we point that out, and when others point out that what they've said somehow, oh, we're the guys who are saying the wrong thing and, and hurting the political debate. Really, by pointing out what they said. 
somehow we're the problem. I, I, I've yet to understand where there is any logic in that kind of uh, that, that that reasoning. But that's what they're done. Like people are going to say, Bob France today was was encouraged. They're like, no, we're saying what they said, and we're pointing out what 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 they said and what it means and how that is not helpful. But somehow that makes us bad because we point out what they said. I I, I do not understand some of the logic or lack of logic is a better way of saying it from some of the people on the left. Well, well, and, and, you know, and, and the problem is, is those messages are being advanced not just by the people on the left, but by what is supposed to be an unbiased media uh, that is yeah. that is parroting those, that is advancing those, that is shouting those into their microphones as if they are factual. And, and you know, so address that for me if you could. Um, the president is being taken to task by many, again, because of the heated rhetoric, et cetera, et cetera, and also for saying that the, that, that the, uh, the uh, left wing, the, the fake news media is the enemy of the people. Uh, some have really taken those words and and in fact that axios interview in which he talked about birthright citizenship uh that's going to air on hbo this week there was a pretty interesting mm-hmm. back and forth they've leaked part on a leak but they promoted part of that yeah. and the president uh you know they're really taking him to task for that where do you stand on that when the media literally is not doing the people any real service by fostering you know the the discord that they are yeah, well, two things I'll say. I, and I think anyone who's objective can can watch CNN. So that list we talked about, all those amazing things that have happened in the last 21 months as, uh, under the president's leadership, all those things happened. You wouldn't know one of those if you just watched CNN. So that, that says it all. I mean, you would not know that the economy is just humming along at 4%. You would not know that there's the lowest unemployment in 40 years if you just watched CNN. So I think it's obvious to anyone who's objective and stands back and looks like, yeah, the press is not. The, CNN seems like that their one mission is out to just stop this president, just to make life miserable for this president that that's what it appears to me and i think anyone who's objective and and watches this so that's unfortunate but in spite of all that we still have the, the, the freedom of the press one of the things i'm working on i'm working with one of the most liberal members of congress on a shield law which says that people in the press should not have to divulge their confidential sources when the fbi or the doj comes and tries to compel them to do so and he, as much as the press treats me i think in an unfair fashion and treats republicans and certainly the president in an unfair fashion I still believe in that First Amendment so strongly. I'm willing to shield the press so they don't have to give, they don't have to violate, so, so, so the First Amendment rights that they have are not violated because I think that is still healthy for this country in spite of the unfair treatment that they give conservatives in the national media. Congressman, we're out of time, but I want to squeeze one last one in anyway. I read an article on RollCall.com that says uh, even though you know it's almost a guarantee Republicans are going to lose seats in the House, not a guarantee to lose the the majority, but you know the way this goes in the cyclical nature of things, you're going to lose some seats. But the article I read says that the Freedom Caucus is planning on growing uh, by by a certain number of members. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, we've been busting our tail, and I think it, it's a reflection of actually lots of voters around this country want people to come there and do what they said. And we've raised, uh, you know, the House Freedom Fund, we've raised like $7 million to help conservative candidates, uh, Freedom Caucus-type candidates all over the country. Um, and, and, you know, we, we're going to keep doing that uh, and, and trying to help these. We've got to get a few tough races across the finish line here, but I think we are going to gain seats, and they're going to be good people who are going to come there and do what they told the voters in their respective districts that they were going to do, and that's that, to me, is what this job is all about. Well, that is exactly what it's all about, and I would like nothing more than to see uh, that Freedom Caucus, Freedom Caucus grow and expand, because uh, the influence, and hopefully that will also help you take the gavel if we do maintain control uh, of the House, yes. because we really, truly need people who are going to, and I'm going to steal your line here, but to do what uh, you know you said you were going to do when we elected you to those positions, and I think that's the best way to go about it. Congressman, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time you today. Best of luck on Tuesday. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for all you're doing. Take care. You got it. Thank you, sir. Uh, 953, let's get out and come back on AM 1420, The Answer.
All right, 958 short segment here. I was hoping to uh, grab the audio for you from uh, Nancy Pelosi. I was unable to do it in time. Uh, but just to follow up on what I was speaking with Congressman Jordan about, he, he was talking about Hillary Clinton, who said that they can't be and won't be civil until after they win. And by civil, we mean nonviolent, right? Not, not violent. We're not going to, quote, create a crowd the way Nancy, or I mean, uh, Maxine Waters said, create a crowd, push up on people, make them know they're not welcome here. We're not going to put our fingers in their food. We're not going to scream them out around. We're not going to do, we're not going to not do any of that stuff until we win. Nancy Pelosi doubled down on that on Stephen Colbert. If you did not hear this, again, I don't have the audio queued up for you, so I'm going to read it to you line by line. Okay, it was on October 9th that Hillary Clinton told CNN's Christine, uh, Christi- Christiane Amanpour, you cannot be civil with a, p- a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for. If uh, I believe if we are fortunate enough to take back the House and the Senate, that's when civility can start again. Now, that was, uh, again, October 9th. This was Tuesday night. I believe I said last night. It was Tuesday night. Nancy Pelosi was on CBS Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Colbert said... There has been a lot of talk lately about lowering the temperature of political discourse. Have you seen evidence of that? Nancy Pelosi's response was, I think when we win, you will see evidence of that. Because when we do win, we will have, as we open the new Congress, we will honor the vows of our founders. E pluribus unum from many one. She is saying we will not honor the vows of our founders and not founders and not be one unless we win. If we don't win, it's going to be more of the same. She is threatening the United States of America with more incivility and violence unless Democrats win. And that's the woman who would hold the gavel if you vote blue on Tuesday. Former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark joins us next here on AM 1420 The End. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com